Hello, my name is Hugo Prévost. Welcome to SVGA, your PC retro gaming podcast. This is episode number six. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Robert Hills. Hello, Robert. Hello, Hugo. How are you today? I'm fine, and you? A bit warm, but, you know, humidity is back, weather. Yeah, like the summer that will never end. Um, this week, I, I want to start by <laughs> apologizing to you, Robert, because uh, I have to do a, a, a bit of explanation first. We uh, This week, we decided to play Wing Commander. We decided to try a space shooter with a, a simulation twist, if we can call it like that. And uh, so, a pretty legendary game and something yeah, yeah. you know foundational to a whole bunch of stuff that you that you actually like. But uh, go on. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this is a game from 1998. It was the uh, not really the beginning exactly of the genre, but close to the beginning. And cl- uh, close to a time where PC cap- capabilities were quite limited in terms of graphics, in terms of controls, in terms of everything you can think of. And so we went on GOG, where we find usually find uh, the games we want to play, and have <laughs> decided to give it a try. And everything went went well until the first mission, basically. <laughs> uh, and so what happened was. Um, and this is something we're going to talk about later too, is uh, it's not that the controls were hard. It's that the uh, the game is hard, I, I, at least for me. I'm not, I, I mean, I'm used to old games. I'm used to uh, difficult mechanics uh, to a certain extent. And so this first, very first mission, you patrol a, a zone of space and there's some enemies that come by and you have to shoot them down. And that's that's pretty okay. There's a very interesting damage management system. And uh, like I said, we're going to talk about it later. But uh, there's also asteroids. And, it's and what happened with w- the asteroids? Yeah, what happened with the asteroids? I, I got a, a few asteroids in my face and I died three times in a row. And the game is the game, the game is is made in a way that when you die, it's not. Uh, first of all, when getting a story in the face, it's not. It's not like oh, you're gonna lose some. Uh, you're gonna take some damage, and your hull is gonna be dam. The, there's gonna be cracks in the hulls, and you're gonna see a, a percentage saying, "Okay, your hull is down to." 35% or something. No, no, it's like you get an asteroid in the face, your ship explodes, there's a cutscene, and then you die, and then there's another cutscene where there's a funeral. And I don't know if you can skip it. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so I got the, the, I died three t- I died three times, and I got the, the, the cutscenes three times. And I've been playing for what five minutes at that point. <laughs> and this is basically including the, the briefing that we get where the, your commander explains what you're going to do, which, where you're going to patrol. And and so um, I've tried. I've talked to you about it. I was uh, getting a bit frustrated. And um, this is basically the same reason why I don't play games like Dark Souls. Because I... Uh, and excuse me, the profanity, because I suck at Dark Souls. And That's hard I really, to profane. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a hard game, sure, but and I'm not used to play with a controller. I'm a really really PC guy, but yeah, with with Wing Commander, it was like I was feeling that the 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 
learning curve for the uh, not not necessarily the difficulty of the game because shooting down enemies is okay. I mean, I can do a dogfight just fine. Is it's getting to master the limitations of the uh, of the systems that we play in, and you can also say that I'm not good at that game, and that's maybe true. Maybe <laughs> surely. Well, I might yeah, go a little beyond maybe, but yeah, I, I'm not good at Wing Commander. The first one, I haven't played the other ones. I know there's one with, I guess the third one is with Mark Hamill, that there's some FMV, and I know how much you like FMV. Uh, but yeah, so I, I was really, really bad at Wing Commander. So we've, well, we, I've decided to switch. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, you, you also forced it upon me, but. Uh, I, I, well, I, I've said that we could talk about. The systems, we could talk about the graphics, the music, which is really great for that time. We could talk about the story, but we couldn't really talk about the gameplay because that wasn't good enough to get to mission number two. And so I've suggested to switch or to talk also talk about free space, which is another uh, sci-fi uh, simulation game, yes. a really good one. And so today we're going to talk about both Wing Commander and Free Space because the otherwise the episode would last about five or six minutes. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, not, not, yeah. So uh, maybe going to start with the beginning because you talked a bit about the, the, the foundational role of Wing Commander. Could you tell us a bit more about this? Yeah. Well, it's it's essentially it's a it's a space simulation. And if you played any kind of, you know, arcade style space shooter flying game, you were essentially playing some sort of, you know, child of Wing Commander. You you go in like if you played TIE Fighter, Free Space, I mean, you can even look to one of your favorites, your current favorites, Elite Dangerous. There are direct lines you can draw from Wing Commander, the the way, um, for example, radars work, and it, it's it's just you. It sets some foundational pieces down for essentially what people expect when they open up a space shooter. And I mean, the basic story is it is you're part of a you know human led alliance, and you're fighting against the Kilrathi, which are these tiger like. Um, species and you basically get into a bunch of space battles and it's interesting because the game actually kind of it has two endings where you go if you're either really good or really bad at the game different things happen so essentially the humans either win or lose um i, I think we know which way you would have trended um, <laughs> in that particular storyline but um it's it's really interesting in that it's it's 1990 and you can like even down to when you have to land somewhere you 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 know you go to a communications panel and you say request permission to land which was something that you know in Elite Dangerous for example it's it's still there and it's mm-hmm. you know that was 2016 17 whatever it was uh, 2015 I think well yeah 25 years after uh, Wing Commander yeah and and there are just playing it you can you can still feel all that sort of 
you can feel basically the, the the history that everything is is built on. So it's it's in it's a really interesting game for me in that way. And I gotta say, I actually really enjoyed it because it was one I had played a lot when I was you know of age, a, a child. Um, which I think I actually mostly played Wing Commander Two, which came out ninety one, I believe. Um, but it it was. I, I still quite enjoyed it. I was playing it for fun just before we recorded, just to you know get back in the swing of things. And I can see, as as I said before, I can see where the fun is in the game. Uh, you've talked about communication systems, for example. Uh, I've seen the uh, just the way I've read the manual because at this period you had to read the manual. Uh, there's a lot of lore building. They're talking about fighting tactics. They're talking about just not necessarily stuff that is essential uh, because usually it's, okay, you have to move like this. You have to shoot this. You have to uh, use the system this way. And then, okay, this is what you'll need to win. And now it's, okay, there's a quiz on fighter tactics. There's some stuff about finding a third alien race. Um, and it's really like a, a, a journal, basically. And, and so you get through this and you get a feeling of it's a living world. It's not, uh, of course, it's, it's quite limited because it's all on paper. Well, in, that, in this case, on, on the screen, but still at first it was on paper, of course. And uh, you, you won't necessarily see everything that's been talked about in the manual. Everything has been evoked. But you, you get this impression that there's a world out there and it's you're only a part of this uh, intergalactic war and i feel like uh, i was talking about systems I, you get this and this is a brilliant br- brilliant i'm gonna be able to see it <laughs> my wonderful uh, quebecois accent but yeah mm-hmm. so there's, there's a really well taught way of getting around the limitations of the system because basically the game cannot be handled at full screen, uh, even if it's a resolution of something like four by three. I don't, uh, I mean, pixels, not the ratio. But anyway, uh, this was the, an attempt at a joke. But uh, <laughs> uh, and so this. I'm sorry to, sorry to kill your joke like that. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, but yeah, so it's a really really small screen, and but you have to think about the fact that in 1990 there was. Uh, basically, it was Windows 3.1, I think. Uh, or, it, well, it first released on DOS. So it really have to think about, the, like I said, the limited capabilities of the time. And so they split the screen in two. Basically, the, 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 the part that is in the uh, higher up of the screen is where the, where the action takes place. And this is basically the only place where the game has to render... Uh, sprites and explosions and asteroids that gets in your face at the last second. And at the bottom of the screen, you get the cockpit and you see, well, of course you see your hand, but you also see the systems. You also see, you can check the damage on your ship. You can check the weapons that you have. You can switch weapons. It's already uh, a bunch of uh, shortcuts on the keyboard, even if, uh, and once again, even if they're so limited that they tell you that if you want to to use your joystick, which will basically have two buttons, uh, you have to press both buttons in order to change speed, but only one button, of course, to shoot. And it's 
all really well thought out. It's a, but yeah, so I, I can see the complexity of the of the thing. It's just that once again, <laughs> I got killed five minutes in. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it, it's really interesting how uh, you've talked about Elite Dangerous, and we could talk at length about the fun and I say here in quotes factor of elite sometimes, but this is not really a, a retro game. So uh, maybe we'll pass on that. But yeah, you, you can see how those systems were passed on and it, it has become the de facto way to present space simulation is that, well, any serious space simulation is that you, you're going to need to navigate around your cockpit or your ship to be able to use those systems in order to uh, to boost the immersion factor into the game. Yes. Yeah, well, and one of the really interesting things I found was sort of how, I guess, static the just the way that information is presented like you have your two screens you've got your middle radar screen and the you know you've got one that shows targeting and one your map and then those you can switch them but the the basic layout of everything while it's kind of modular is basically the same as what was set out 30 years ago which i i find fascinating that we we sort of this is how it's done and that's just how we do it now well, I don't know if it was based on on real systems, but I'm guessing when you find something that works, you, you keep it basically until uh, until you find something else that works better. But uh, if you if you take the radar for example, um, the first time I've played Free Space uh, about what ten years ago, maybe fifteen fifteen years ago now, um, it was hard to understand how for example the there's a basically it's a 2 3d space represented on a 2d plane and because you're in space of course you're not even if you were in the air it's not a 2d a top-down shooter it's in 3d so you have to understand how the external ring for example is the is what is behind you and so on but it takes about what five minutes to understand maybe 10 and then yeah you're good it's, to it's go. very intuitive once you kind of start to you just spend a little time like it's not something that makes sense on looking at it but once you're sort of in that that immersive space where you're you're trying to fly and look at the thing it mm -hmm. it makes sense because it, it just your brain clues into how it works and basically, they also give you a lot of pointers. There's some arrows. There's a, always a targeting reticle. There's all those, those systems that are here to help you uh, to be to be sure to point to your target or to your enemy, basically. Um, if you don't mind, we'll <laughs> I'd switch to free space because be, I, I'm. Like I said, I don't. I couldn't talk to you about. Oh, it's in Mission Nine in Wing Commander or something. So, <laughs> well, well, just before we do, one of the things yeah, yeah, sure. I I also found was interesting was sort of the way that the pre-mission stuff is all set out, and I don't know how much time you spent talking to the different people and sort of navigating around the ship. Not that there's only like three or four screens, but I I thought that was also. Um, one of the interesting things that, that I think works really well on it is there are the pilots you fly with, are characters you're introduced to that 
when one of them dies, and you probably hadn't got to this point yet, but if you're on a mission and your wingman dies, they're dead for the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And there's a chalkboard with all the sort of kill counts and everything, and and they just they get you know KIA next to their name, and it's it's interesting that they tried to tell a they actually tell a pretty interesting story, and the the animations while rudimentary are. I thought really well done. Even just the, I, I really like the right before you fly when the, the alarm's going off and everyone's running to the hangar. I, yeah. I don't know. I think that works just really well. I, I think I, I've saw this animation a few times elsewhere. It's something like an, an iconic scene in the video game industry. I, I remember specifically seeing this maybe in a montage or something like that, where you see this scene where it's, uh, it's all going faster than what you see on the screen usually for for briefing, for example, or uh, when you talk to characters. And it's really it really gives you a sense of okay, you have to. It's time to go now, and uh, it will be wouldn't be an, uh, as exciting, I think, if you had the time to take a walk, uh, maybe stop by the the, the washroom. To, you, you know what I mean? It's Right, yeah. There's, there's there's no, once you get the briefing, it's like, oh, now we got to go. Shit. Like. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of... Uh, have you played Star Fox? Only very briefly. Okay, because I, every, at the start of every... Uh, I mean, the original one on, on Super Nintendo, at the start of every mission... There's this alarm sound, and okay, it's got, it's time to scramble. You have to go now, and then you fly out of the ship or the base or whatever, and uh, and then you're you're up in the action. You have to shoot, you have to fly, and it's basically the same thing. Um, and it didn't really happen in free space, or doesn't happen, of course, on in Elite. But that's another uh, another topic. But um, Maybe once again, before we switch, maybe mention that uh, the game was developed under the supervision of Chris Roberts. Uh, so we're talking about Wing Commander, of course. Uh, Chris Roberts, who was twenty something years old at the time, I believe, something like that. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, maybe I have just gonna click right. Yeah, he's fifty-two years old now, so he was twenty-two at the time the game came out. It's quite impressive <laughs> what he was able to do yes. with his team at the time. And so basically he stayed at the um, of the, I think, the entire series. And then uh, he went on to do Freelancer, which is another space simulation game. But now uh, with this sort of uh, open world vibe and when you can basically choose to follow the plot, or you can choose to be a merchant. You can uh, choose to align yourself with a guild or with the, the bandits or whatever you like and upgrade your ship and so on. And it's really, really interesting. I think it came out in, in 2001 and you still have as a following. 2003, yeah. okay. Yeah. And, uh, and we cannot uh, not mention the fact that Mr. Roberts... Uh, directed the Wing Commander movie. <laughs> yeah, which for some reason is in a just blank spot in my brain. I can't recall anything about it. Uh, there was, I remember Freddie Prince Jr. in it. And oh, yeah, this it. is uh, coming that's back. That's about it. 
yeah, it's, it wasn't really good. <laughs> no, I don't. But mind. now, like missed, there's, yeah, there's. It's not a good sign if you know the designer of the video game is also the director of the film. Yeah, usually it doesn't go well. Well, basically, movie adaptations of video games will flop. Uh, there is no. I mean, you can have movies about video games, but every time they've tried to uh, translate from, well, translate, maybe not the right word, but transpose, there you go, uh, a game to the big screen, it, it doesn't work because there's not this interactivity factor. Uh, I mean, I think, I think, I think we've talked about the Doom movie last time. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of what not to do when you have a, in that case, a multi-billion dollar franchise to go to, to, to play with. So, um, so yeah, so he did Wing Commander, but now he's also doing uh, Star Citizen, which is, uh, once again, a space simulation. Uh, I mean, do what you know, right? Yeah, exactly. And it feels like, uh, well, it's quite ambitious, that's just to say the least. Uh, and it's been in development since basically forever. Uh, I think 2000, what, 12, 13? 15, something like that. a long time, but yeah. Yeah, and it's still not out. Well, I mean, there's a, a playable version of it, but it's uh, just going to click right quick. Oh, yeah. the uh, the Oh, wow. The game was announced in 2012. And yeah, so it was supposed to come out in 2014. <laughs> Oh god, it's something like a uh, space uh, Duke Nukem Forever. Um, ooh, ooh, yeah, that's, so that's uh, one we'll definitely have to talk about in a later episode. But yeah, yeah, probably. But but still, I, I I think it's still better as a game than Duke Nukem Forever, of course. But it's still very low it, bar. Yeah, but it, the interesting thing is they got some. They did a Kickstarter for this, and they got a. 2 million, I think, uh, a little bit over 2 million. And then they started to sell ships in the game. So you can buy a ship, and sometimes it can cost a few hundred dollars, uh, which is a lot for a video game. But yeah, so, and they got a few hundred millions this way, and they keep, this. they're still selling ships, but the game is, isn't done yet. They're supposed to have a, a single-player campaign. There's a shooter game inside it. There's, a, of course, a multiplayer aspect and everything. And it's, uh, once again, extremely ambitious. But it's not playable, really playable yet. So, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, well, we, we may have to do an update later on. But uh, podcasting might be a thing of the past. and It'll just be sort of like mind telepathy or something. <laughs> Yeah, like in the Demolition Man movie when they tried to have sex. But anyway, oh, that's a, <laughs> we're really that is really not where I thought you were going with that. But uh, <laughs> there we are. We, we're we're really straying away from the uh, the topic here. But yeah, let's talk about Free Space. Um, yes. Free Space, as I said, I've played it. Maybe even what it came out in '98, maybe 20 years ago. I don't know. I remember being really young when I played it. Um, space simulator game developed by Volition and published by Interplay. I think both companies are dead now. Uh, I've <laughs> been so. yeah, bought, or swallowed up by. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, basically what happens is you are once again part of a, 
uh, human alliance who is fighting against uh, this time is the uh, Vasudans, which are something like uh, not really an animal, but they look like a mix of big uh, of apes and insects. I don't know. It's really yeah, it's, it's a bit they're, strange. they're strange looking. Yeah, and so it's been I think. 13 or 14 years since we've been fighting the, the Vasudans and it's it's a bit of a stalemate basically and what happens is uh, there's in the intro sequence which I remember at the time I was mesmerized by the colors and the action actually, and everything it's really funny because when when we switched to this yeah. You said, uh, I was like, oh, okay, I don't think I've ever played that one, but I'll give it a try. And then I watched the intro and I'm like, oh, no, I've played a lot of this. <laughs> well, that, that's good then. Uh, so, yeah, in the intro sequence, you see uh, uh, a human pilot fleeing something. We don't know what. And then there's these huge, huge uh, battleships that comes out of, of, uh, of hyperspace. Or what do they call this? This... Uh, um. Oh, it's uh, yeah. There's a special name holes. for the the upper yes. space. Anyway, uh, node space. I don't know. Whatever. And and so these huge battleships come come out of the, uh, the subspace. Anyway, and then they start attacking the the pilot, and they start attacking the space station where where it was trying to find refuge. And this is what you get. And uh, you start the game, and you still fight the Vesudians in a few missions, and then eventually you learn about this new enemy, the, the Shivans. Uh, and with their shield technology, with their uh, super fast ships, super uh, dangerous ships, and basically the, the rest of the game is uh, trying to resist, to counter the Shivans, and eventually trying to save Earth. Uh, and the, the interesting thing with this was for me at the time was it was a first game where there was no cockpit on the screen yeah and basically of course you have a hud you have your, your interface uh with your systems and everything else but there's no like in Wind commander you have half the screen is taken by basically the view of the interview ship now there you, you don't have anything and to be able to see the Entire to, to have the entirety of the screen dedicated to seeing stars and ships and explosions and dogfighting and everything else. It was really, really impressive at the time. Yeah, uh, it, it, and the, I mean, the difference in graphics, obviously, over the eight yeah, yeah, years has just, like, huge leaps and bounds. Yeah, of course. Well, now it's not sprites anymore. It's real 3D models. Yes. And, and so, and you have all this, uh, the way, like, uh, like the, the, how the, the systems can be damaged. Uh, you have a lot of subsystem, as in Wing Commander, of course, but now it's, okay, you can call in a ship to repair you. There's a way to, um, the way, like, there's a, in the bottom left of your screen, there's a view of your target, the ship you have targeted. It can also be a container and every, anything it, that you target. And it's like a mini camera instead of just being an image. And when you shoot it, for example, you see, of course, you see the projectile in your main screen, but you can also see your target getting hit on the lower left corner. And for me at the time, it was all these little things 
that were incredible to my mind, seeing all this uh, going in 3D and with do sometimes dozens of ships. And, uh, and yeah, it was really, really fantastic to see. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 one that it it really and what it really takes that sort of next step in a big way. Um, it, I think from like you can kind of the the big space simulators were like Wing Commander, then you had your X Wing Tie Fighter that series, and then yeah. this one I think in its own world and everything really took that to the next level. Yeah, exactly, and they. They've created this whole. I, I, I suppose it's the same thing in Wing Commander. I've read a bit about the, the story on, online, but where you're in the middle of this conflict, and once again, you're not really the hero. I mean, you're, you're important, yes, but it's there's some team management. You can call in wingmen. You can, um, of course, you have your your escort missions, for example. But it's always the impression that you are a part of the machine, and yeah, you could die, but in the real war, you'd be replaced. And there's this feeling of helplessness because through the game, I mean, at first you fight the Vasudos, oh, there's a patrol with a few a few fighters, oh, you, there's, you've shot them down and, oh, there's a medal. But, yeah. And now it's, oh, we've lost an entire world. Oh, we've lost uh, some uh, cruiser or destroyer, and oh, there's nothing we can do. And there's a lot of these missions where oh, you have to escort this ship, or you have to protect this thing, and the Vasud the, the Shivans come in and they just blast everything away, and you have this impression: oh God, I failed. What <laughs> what did I do wrong? And and then in the debriefing, it's like oh, there's nothing you could have done. Oh well, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is interesting for for a, the concept of a game is just that like, well, you actually couldn't win. Good try though. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it's I think it's the best way in my opinion to uh, to get someone involved. Because there's of course there's the, the games where oh, uh there's a progression from A to B. And every mission is a step forward. Every mission, oh, we've got this, this, uh, this new information that we got. Oh, and we have to find this bad guy somewhere. Um, in a way, it reminds me a bit of the, I think it was Modern Warfare, the first one, the Call right. of Duty series, where there's this mission where you, you're trying to find a, a bad guy. And when you leave on a, on a chopper, there's this nuke that goes off, and and oh, you have, you see everything. Every other chopper gets uh, getting destroyed basically by the the blast wave, and then your own helicopter is is downed, and then you wake up ish, and then you die, uh, <laughs> and that's it. You're, you're, you this this person that you play through. That you play as for for three or four missions is is dead, and it's a way to to, to challenge the expectations of the player. I think that's that's what works best uh, in free space, amongst other other games, of course. Yeah, no, and it's 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 a good way, like you say, of drawing people in, and yeah, it 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 just it gives the impression of stakes that there is something you know there's something to be lost. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if you've played a bit of Free Space 2 also, just maybe the, the first one. I, I only played the first one in this case. Okay, because there's a, there's a thing later in the first one where you're, the ship where you're stationed, the Bastion, I think? And there's all this sense of camaraderie. Just okay, you 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 have the sense of belonging to something, to some place. It's like being on the on a, on, a, on a ship in the navy today, in the U.S. Navy, for example. And uh, you're a border carrier, for example. And then the bastion is destroyed in a fight, and then you have to transfer to another ship. And I remember feeling this sense of loss. Because you spend, and you don't spend really a lot of time about the ship, is basically the, the briefing screens where you get, oh, you have to go there and you have to kill this, and, and that's it. But you can walk around in the ship because the menu is the interior of the ship. And like in, uh, in Wing Commander, I really like the way uh, where you, where the place where you can save and load your game, which is basically uh, a dormitory. The bunks, yeah. Yeah, the bunks. And so you click on a bunk, and then you see a body there, and it's your save game. And it was really, really interesting. I haven't seen this before or uh, in, in another game. So really, really an interesting thing to do with the... Uh, instead of just clicking on save and entering a name and then enter yeah. OK and like, your game is saved. And yeah, so, I mean, there's not many save screens where there's a bucket collecting water dripping from the ceiling. <laughs> exactly. But in Wink Commander. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, so in Free Space 1, you lose your, your ship, your carrier vessel. And in Free Space 2, uh, the intro sequence shows the, uh, the that said vessel that was destroyed. That now it's something like 32, 38 years before. Um but yeah, so there's this sense of continuity, the sense of being part of something, of uh, something bigger than, than ourselves, but you still feel at home, if we can call it yeah. that way. Um, no, I, I, I want to talk. I that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk a bit about the control scheme, maybe. Uh, I yeah. think we've played it. We've played Free Space and Wing Commander on modern joysticks with something like. 50 hundred buttons uh yes <laughs> well mine only has 15 i think oh still <laughs> several quite a few uh, did you use the keyboard for free space for the controls or just the joystick um i used i used a combination um just because some things i find it's just easier to to hit the button on the keyboard with my left yeah. hand rather than than a button um it, it kind of depends but for I, I did keep a bunch of stuff on the keyboard, like your jump drive and all that other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did too. I mean, I kept, I had the main fire button, of course, and the alternate fire button on the, the joystick, but I, sorry. Uh, I thought that rebinding everything was a bit as arduous. The game wasn't designed for uh, a joystick that is, that was going to be conceived 20 years later. So no. it's a bit... So I kept the keyboard. I played... On, oh, yeah, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Um, so I, I've played on my laptop because uh, I, I discovered that my PC was too... Not too powerful, but too advanced. 
in a way to to run FreeSpace One. FreeSpace Two was running okay on my computer, my main computer, because but I have two 27 inches 4K screens at home for my right. my, my tower. And when I've tried to launch FreeSpace One with a resolution of 640 by 480, I think it yep. crashed. It really wasn't able to resize uh, to take to take into account. I think two screens. Uh, right, it's just too much. Yeah, too much. So I've decided to switch my laptop, which was really fine. But yeah, so it, it, I think we're depending of the game, of course. But uh, and there was a bunch bunch of graphic graphi- graphical changes from Free Space One to Free Space Two. Once again, uh, Free Space Two. If you want to play it today. There's a, an installer that you can use. You will put the link under the uh, the episode uh, on PF. But so yeah, we're getting to a point where um, it sometimes can be hard to play a 20 year old game. Yes, you know what I mean. In, in uh, some ways, it's actually easier to play DOS games than sort of early 2000s yeah. games. They because just certain like direct X and stuff existed, but because things have changed so much, it, it just, some things just do not play nice together anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's, can it can be a bit frustrating to try to find everything online to try to, Oh, is there something there's foreign thread from 2007? Will it help me? It's tw- 13 years later. It's something. Uh, <laughs> and there's also, there's also supposed to be a way to play the Free Space One campaign in Free Space Two with an open source thing, and I tried to to to, to get into it, and it was complicated. And I've it's like you said, it's there's a point where there's this point between maybe 1995 and 2005 or six. There's just ten years where the architecture of the computers, the way that Windows work, for example, the way that you had to uh, get DirectX 9 or not, maybe not 9, maybe DirectX 5 or something instead of DirectX 6, it, then it would work. And it, it's really, really complicated. And like you said, it's even easier to play uh, DOS games because it's been... Uh, I mean, playing Wing Commander on my Windows 10 computer was fine. I mean, didn't have any problem. The, the, the game recognized the my joystick. Uh, everything was fine. But yeah, so there's we're in this space now where <laughs> it's a bit weird. Yeah, and it's I mean, it's especially difficult when you get to less popular games. Yeah, or whatever. Because I and I mean, this is obviously a bit of a tangent, but when you're trying to play things of a certain age, if they're not super popular or popular enough that they've been re-released to sort of work in the more modern architecture of things, you're in for a very difficult time. Yeah. And I know uh, a few people, uh, mostly online, but I've met one once uh, at a place in the... uh, the West Island called Eco Depot. I don't know if you heard about it. It's on the the side of the the highway. And oh yes, they I know sell the they sell a bunch of stuff, 
and they also sell games. And so I went there, and uh, it was really the first time I've met another retro gaming enthusiast for the PC, and we've talked a bit about uh, our favorite games and our favorite YouTubers and so on. And he told me, oh, um, what computer do you use to play these games? <laughs> and, was, and I was picking up, I think, uh, Elite 2, and I was picking up some other stuff, and and he said to me, oh, uh, before I could, I could answer, he said to me, oh, I have all these old computers from the 90s at home in, uh, in a room. And I tried to maintain them and I tried to find hardware for them. And I answered them, uh, I mean, well, I buy them on GOG or I buy them online where they get re-released or otherwise I just, I don't use the CD. I don't even have a CD drive my computer. Uh, so right. I just buy the box to have the box. And I don't know if you felt pity for me or something <laughs> <laughs> because the, there's this bunch of YouTubers, uh, mainly for example, LG, LGR, where you can do a 45 minutes video about, oh, I'm going to change this card for this one. And I've, buy, I've bought this special made, a custom made card on, online to play some 1992 game, for example. And uh, so there's this, all this subculture of really, really, really enthusiastic people that really love 90s gaming. And I'm afraid to say I, I'm not part of this, really. Uh, I don't have the time or the space or the money for it. So it's basically, I mean, we we did some slightly obs more obscure games. I remember, uh, can you remember Biomenus? Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we, it's, I think that's one of the reasons why we stayed basically with uh, better known games. And I don't think we'll really delve into exp uh, extremely obscure ones because it's going to be a pain to get them running, basically. Yeah. if I mean, certainly open to, you know, doing certain things, but if it involves new hardware or, you know, some of the the ways you have to well, if you replace this DLL file with this one, and then if you, you know, open it in administrator mode and turn off all your firewalls, you might be able to get it to work. And it's just like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe a, a bit far. <laughs> and I mean, it's not like we're we're running out of of good games, of good no. games to play. It's something. I mean, we, we before we started the uh, the podcast, uh, before the very first episode, we talked a bit about what games we would like to play. And I think we listed 20, something like that, something at least. Like that. Uh, and we could certainly list uh, 50 more. It's There's a lot of them being re-released. There's a lot of them being uh, rewritten to be compatible with uh, Windows 10 or some that are uh, what we call abandonware, uh, where they're free online. And usually they work, not always, but usually they work. So it's uh, another option for us. Um, Robert, well, uh, thank you very much for, for today. Will you recommend Wing Commander and or Free Space? I would absolutely recommend Wing Commander um, if for no other reason so that listeners can write to you and tell them how they made it to Mission 2. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to uh, basically slow down and yeah, uh, wait for evade the asteroids, uh, and you'll be better than me. That's, yeah, uh, uh, but in all seriousness, I actually really enjoy Wing Commander, and it's it's not expensive on GOG. I I don't think I paid five dollars for it, so it's it's worth it. Uh, free space you, also very good. Yeah. Um, I actually enjoyed free space less than Wing Commander, which we didn't actually get to in this episode. But yeah, I, but, I mean, we have, we have time if we want. If you want to talk about it, I mean, it's well. I mean, uh, it's it's not it's not super deep, but I just I I found that the limitations of Wing Commander made it more interesting to me than the ones on Free Space. Free Space was just. I don't know, too polished. Oh, wow. Or, okay. I, well, it, it, like it was still good. It was just, I don't know. I, I found the, the difficulty and the oldness of wing commander more compelling. Maybe I'm just broken in the brain. It's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a very interesting point. Uh, but yeah, I, I could, I mean, I, I have to admit, I would also recommend wing commander. Maybe not the f- very first one. and don't know if the second or, the rest of the series is easier or don't want to say better because, well, I've died in the first mission. So who am I to judge? Uh, but yeah, maybe uh, give it a try. Uh, just don't watch the movie, maybe. And uh, as for Free Space, um, go with Free Space 2, maybe more than Free Space 1. It's easier for the the... the to get it running, it's. I think it's easier if you want to try the uh, the open source installer I've talked about. Uh, you give it a try. There's a bunch, a lot of people still cranking up mods and missions and texture packs and and everything else. Um, but yeah, just well, get yourself. I mean, I think you can play Free Space on the controller or with your mouse. But yeah, if you have a joystick, it's better. Um, but yeah, I was feeling maybe my nostalgia was a bit, a little bit misplaced. Uh, maybe it was the fact that on my my laptop, I think my version of Free Space One was on the uh, minimum graphic settings by default. Oh. Even if I tried to to put it at maximum detail, if I felt like it was a bit muddy, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just the the fact that it's nearly uh, it's twenty two years later. Um, but but yeah, free space. If you want to give it a try, it's still a good game, good story. Uh, I remember there's a mission in, near the end of Free Space One where you you manage to steal uh, a Shivan uh, fighter, and you have to fly it to the main Shivan battleship, which is called the uh, Lucifer. Yes, aptly aptly named, and then you have to fly into one of the fighter bays and just being able to do this, just being able to see that it's not a, a solid, solid piece of whatever texture they use right, for the ship, it. but it was open in a way just being able to do that at the time was so nerve wracking and so incredible for me that <laughs> this mission was completely crazy. But, but yeah, so if you want to give it a try, uh, give it a go. Like you said, wing commander is really, really cheap. I think free space is usually uh, available for if you want to buy both games. It's about five bucks usually on GOG, uh, and so yeah, give it a go, give it a try. Uh, let us see, uh, let us tell us what you think about it. 
And thank you for being here, Robert, of course, uh, with me this time again. Always and, a pleasure. And well, thank you for, mean, for that one time with the Phantasmagoria. <laughs> we don't talk about I, I it mean, except for every episode when we bring it up. Yeah, I mean, I, I may have another FMV game for you soon. Uh, uh, we'll talk about it. Okay. And, and yeah, so thank you, everyone who is listening right now. Of course, you can catch up. Uh, on the other episode on our website on pf.ca pf sorry uh, my French came out rushing and so you can also find us on SoundCloud we're on, we're on iTunes yeah we're on Spotify and basically everywhere where you can listen to podcasts so see you next time